in Ukraine, COVID, the Biden presidency, and the elections. You are listening to The John DePetro Show. Good afternoon. Here I am. It is Juan. It's The John DePetro Show. It is Tuesday. It is June 7th. This portion of the program, folks, it's the final week of Ron's Pastry Gourmet. Ron's Pastry Gourmet, 170 Royal Little Drive in Providence. It's Ron's Pastry Gourmet. This is their final week. They will be at the Federal Hill Festival coming up. But stop in and see them. Ron has decided, you know, when he deserves the break, the guy goes all out. Located 170 Royal Little Drive in Providence. It's Ron's Pastry Gourmet right off of Silver Spring Street. Um, and, folks, you're going to... Uh, you're going to just, you know, take advantage of it. Everything baked fresh. It is the most delicious calzones. And don't forget, they have sausage and pepper and uh, wimpy skimpies as well. It's Ron's Pastry Gourmet, 170 Royal Little Drive in Providence. And again, Ron, uh, you know, really became famous in afterwards um, when when Ali's Donuts, better known as Antifa Donuts, said that they would no longer, uh, you know, give free coffee to police and or to military. Ron's Pastry Gourmet stepped up and they picked it up. Folks, stop it and see them. Ron's Pastry Gourmet, 170 Royal Little Drive in Providence. So right now, Saturday is the final day. They still have the Trump 2024 chocolate donuts. They also have at Ron's Pastry Gourmet, they have the most delicious. They have the uh, Let's Go Brandon Cupcakes made famous and of course the most delicious calzones that i'm going to miss whether it's the philly cheesesteak calzones or the buffalo uh chicken calzones or the pepperoni and cheese calzones folks it's ron's pastry gourmet 170 royal little drive in providence well folks good afternoon i want to welcome in everyone we do the live stream noontime also one after dark we do our uh, nighttime live stream now it's permanent monday through thursday we're, we're at sometime after 7, sometimes 7 o'clock, eh, 7.15-ish, wrap up around 8 o'clock, but that's Monday through Thursday. Now, when there's breaking news, we're also there for that. When there's breaking news, we're there for that. And again, folks, it's all good afternoon to everybody on the Facebook page. Uh, click the like button, share that you're watching, let others know. Uh, of course, we're the only ones still on the story regarding really the missing woman, Charlotte Lester, And I'm going to touch on that. And I also want to, you know, we, we have a lot of new, um, we have a number of, a lot, uh, actually, I should say, a good number of newer viewers, new listeners. Uh, you know, we follow the stories that sometimes the rest of the media, they then just, you know, kind of move on from a lot of the, the talk hosts. Traditionally, they just kind of follow the narrative set up by the media. I, um, you know, Juan, the, I, I operate a little bit differently than that you know i follow stories that interest me stories that i find interest the public um and then more often times than not if if i didn't have a good handle on it then you don't you know right then you don't have the success with the program so i am going to give you the latest on the charlotte lester case uh because there are still a lot of updates but i i want to um i also i just saw and this is something that not everyone's going to understand, but I just saw it. It's happening tomorrow. Governor McKee to sign the Let R.I. Vote Act. Governor Dan McKee will host a bill signing ceremony Wednesday morning. And it's going to be the governor, House Speaker Joe Sakachi, the Senate President, uh, Catherine Kazarian, Dawn Hoyer, Wednesday, we're uh, 11 o'clock at the State House. Um, I want to just take a moment to mention that, you know, on the one hand, I like that people get involved and in, um, with with voting and anything that draws attention to our voting. Um, I, I, I think that it's a good thing. And a number of people. Um, have seen the film 2,000 Mules. But I notice that when I communicate with some of you, first of all, <coughs> I need some other people, I need people to understand something. 
I can't effectively communicate individually with so many of you. So there are many of you that, like, there are people that don't know about the case, so they just start sending their own individual questions. We have a lot of money, a lot of information on the Facebook page. We have a lot of information on on the website, topetro.com. So you can kind of get a caught up to speed. Um, I may, I mean, I'm, I'm toying with the idea of, of changing the messaging to just those that support the page because people, like, you know, it, it, it's very time consuming to constantly be answering individual questions. Or if you have thoughts on something, you can post it. So, so there's that. But I want to just come back to, you know, someone was contacting me about these, these drop boxes. And I've posted about this. I've written more about these drop boxes than anyone else. But I can always tell when it's someone that, you know, there's an expression, a little bit of information is dangerous. And it's an old adage. And I notice, like, the people that have seen the film 2,000 Mules, <clears throat> which is fairly popular. If for those that want to see it, you can see it. So those individuals contact me. And they say, we need to put cameras on the Rhode Island boxes. And I say, why should we put cameras on these, you know, these mail Dropbox ballots boxes? And, and they don't know. And they say, well, so we can see who's putting ballots in them. But here's the part. See, I can always tell when people, and I know this is going to sound like a negative, but they're just going off talking points. They don't know why you should put a camera there. They saw the film, 2000 Mules, and they think, okay, in Rhode Island, we should have cameras on these drop boxes. So <clears throat> here's the part. What you don't understand is the states that are highlighted in 2000 Mules. And it's, it's like talking to a wall to try to get people to understand this. The, the states you're talking about 2000 Mules, they have limits of no more than 10 ballots. Like one person can drop off 10 ballots. Therefore... They drive around and drop off the ballots at the different boxes. So someone watching that says, yeah, Rhode Island, we need to put cameras on the drop boxes. What, what people, what they don't understand, and many of you don't understand is, and I don't know how else to explain this. <coughs> Rhode Island clearly wasn't highlighted in the film. Rhode Island has no limit on how many you can drop off. So I've, I've talked about this. I've demonstrated it. In Rhode Island, all right, you want to put a camera on a Dropbox. Someone could drive up, as I've explained in the past. Someone could drive up, wave at the camera. Here I am, broad daylight. Here's 1,000 mail ballots into the box. Here's 5,000. I know how else to explain that there's no limit on. So the cameras, so conversely, the cameras don't wouldn't do anything. Now, I'm go, I'm going to say the fact that Governor McKee is is signing this into legislation tomorrow. Th- this what what you need. Many of you need to understand, and I I recognize not everybody's up on the voting, but we're an outlier, and and I'm caught between trying to be supportive and dealing in reality. You know, on sa- I think it was Saturday, a group of people from the Republican Party, I'm not exactly sure where they went. They were standing on a corner, you know, signs, register to vote. I, I, I don't know what, what is the, the point of that. They had that guy come in, I forget who, Tiny Tim or Scott Pratt, the guy with the long hair. And he's like, oh, I just registered someone to vote. Okay, great. Um, I, I don't think people fully understand how they <laughs> how they're doing it if you go into your backyard and toss around the football for a few hours or an hour or a few minutes actually that that doesn't mean you're then ready to take on the new england patriots right or or you're qualified for you have to understand what the, what they're doing in rhode island and i've talked about this i've written about it i don't you know now they have people dressing up in costumes registered to vote you don't understand in Providence, they they walk up to people and physically register them to vote. Standing on a sidewalk or in the sun, an intersection, holding a sign, say register to vote. Again, this is where I'm caught between trying to deal in reality 
or should I be supportive? You know, you're not you're not doing anything. That's like holding a sign saying slow down. I, I don't know how else to explain it. So they they go on Cranston Street and there's all the illegals that are are coming out of the um out of the factories there. And they they don't just register them to vote, they keep all their information. They build a file. They have hundreds, they have thousands of illegals that are now registered to vote. But they don't depend on them to do it. They vote for them. Now, here's something else. And I know this is going to seem critical of the Rhode Island Republican Party. I recognize that. But I'm caught between either you getting the truth or I just go into fantasy land. And I, as many of you know, I don't like... I'm not comfortable in fantasy land. I think we have to deal in reality. If everyone's just going along, you're you know better than a lot of the conspiracy people, right? So, you know, in Pawtucket last week, that was really interesting that they did that. And it was the co-op collaborative and they got all the students. Because I am hearing that they're registering a lot of people under the age of 18 to vote. Listen, I don't know how else to explain it. No one checks it. No one checks that. The campaigns. If you register a 16-year-old or a 17-year-old to vote because you feel, you know, it's so important and you're on the right side of this and you have to do what's, you know, the ends justify the means. I don't know how else to explain. There's no one checking the voter rolls. I've tried to explain it. I have failed. Juan has failed to explain it. There's no one checking the voter rolls. Um, much like we've seen in, in certain parts of the country, like out west in San Francisco, that people, you know, they're shoplifting and there's no one stopping them. So they go into the store and what do they do? What do they take? One thing you, you've seen the video of these people with bags full of things. If once it breaks down, word gets out, you know, somebody goes in off the shelf and takes a bottle of water. And no one stops them. Then they go back in. They take two bottles of water. And no one stops them. Then they take the case and then they take this and that and again no one is stopping them the word gets out there's no repercussion here so i don't know how else to explain it there's there's no one checking the voter rolls what does that mean it means anyone can register to vote someone 15 can register to vote someone 14 can be registered to vote someone 16 17 you know whoever john smith that lives in Pawtucket. He's 16 years old. He's registered to vote. <clears throat> that becomes a little bit tricky because they do have to put the year of birth. They don't put the birthday. Doesn't mean it can't be forged. There's no penalty. I want to repeat. There's no penalty if you put in false information in your registered vote. So what do I mean by that? I mean, if there's a 16 or 17 year old student whoever, person, child, teenager, and they put that they're actually born and they're 18 years old, right? Maybe they put that they were born in 2000, make them 22, or 2002, make them 20. Maybe even put them 2004, make them 18. There's no mechanism, there's no one that checks that, you know, Julio Smith Hector Gomez is actually 18 years old and lives there. There's nothing. So then, therefore, anyone can can register to vote. Now, I'm going to talk about the Charlotte Lester case in, um, oh, okay. That's right. Martha, don't beat us up Republicans. We can't even get the voter list yet because of Nellie. Well, we, we don't have fear elections. You know, what? and, and, and here's the thing that, I, I want to be very clear that I recognize um, that some people will say, you know, well, they're trying. I, I don't think people fully understand, as I've tried to highlight, that we're an outlier. In Massachusetts, Connecticut, they don't allow this ballot harvesting. It's not lost on me that one of the, the person that introduced the legislation is that Senator Dawn Oyer. She saw firsthand. She paid someone. It was either 15 or $20 a vote to go out and collect votes. What Governor McKee is going to sign tomorrow 
puts Rhode Island really into the category of the wild, wild west. I mean, this this is going to be absolutely ludicrous, ridiculous. They're going to start the early voting. See, and this is the game that is going. You want to talk about a state that is broken. The early voting would now begin. It's 20 days before the primary. So the primary is the 13th. So the 6th would be seven days early. The 30th would be 14 days early. So on August 24th, early voting begins. How can anyone monitor that? Here's the part that people need to understand. And I am going to talk about the Charlotte Lester case in just a moment. But what you need to understand is this is not, folks, the last election, 35% of people voted the day of at the polls. And I think that's a lot of us, right? A lot of people say, I don't trust them. I want to vote in person. I like to vote in person. You like to vote in person. I think everyone should be should be made to vote in person. I don't think voting should be easy. I think voting should be hard. Why should it be easy? Why should it be easy to vote? Who are all these people that can't vote? But 65% of the people voted before the polls even opened. This time around, it's going to be, uh, you watch, this is going to start to move to 75-25. 75% of the people will vote. But when the polls open on primary day, September 13th, 75% of the ballots will already have been cast. By the time you go to vote, first of all, the polls are not going to be crowded on primary day. And then what are they going to say? See, it's too tough for people to vote. We need to make it easier for people to vote. 75% of ballots will be cast ahead of time. But what you need to understand is in Connecticut and Massachusetts, our neighboring states, there are two states that say that um, corner Rhode Island. One is Massachusetts, the other is Connecticut. In both of those states, there has to be a designated person to pick up a mail ballot. And the person can't deliver, I think it's more than 10. It may be seven, but no more than 10. Rhode Island doesn't have that. So what does that mean? It means one person could deliver 1,000 votes. It means one person could deliver 5,000 votes. There's no limit. So those of you that have seen 2,000 mules, that doesn't even apply here. That doesn't even apply. It's actually worse than that. And the fact that they're going to start it that much earlier is it just it erodes trust. And I like that, you know, Justin Katz, who we do the Monday show uh, politics this week, he made a good point. And I, I agree with him where they act as if, gee, why would anyone want to cheat in an election? As if there's no incentive, as if there's no goal that there's hit. It was Justin's words, and I just, I'm paraphrasing, but like they act like there's no benefit. Gee, why would anyone cheat in an election? There's very obvious reasons. It's, it's who controls the power. But what's so disappointing about the Rhode Island leaders, if I want to be objective about Speaker Sakachi, Ruggiero, Governor McKee, is they know that it's wrong. They know there are loopholes. Governor McKee is playing a, a, a very, I believe, irresponsible game of chicken right now with Nellie Gorbea. It's between the two of them. And he's basically saying, we're going to out-cheat you. That's what's going on. It's like two teams, and both their teams are on steroids. And they're not looking for testing. He's saying, we're going to out-cheat you. And Gorbea's like, take your best shot. Because I have this game already wrapped up. Game, set, match. And McKee's like, oh, yeah, watch. We're going to out-mail ballot you. Folks, it's no longer. I talked to someone the other day that said he's thinking of running for office. I you know, I don't want to talk anyone out of it, but when he, when he was first, last involved with politics, it was, it was 2010. The, the, the entire election now is about whatever you want to call it, early voting, mail ballots. One more point I want to make about the mail ballots. One more point I want to make about those drop boxes that no one is highlighting. And where I blame the Rhode Island Republican Party is they have, to me, failed to make the argument easy to understand of why this is wrong. And I, I've heard from the head of the party, you know, we're going to ballot Harvard. You know, you, you, you're dealing with 
that, that's an amateur going against a political machine. Elections should be day of, with the exception of emergency procedure, even then, that has to be monitored. Those drop boxes are used, number one, to save the campaign's uh, money on postage. And number two, it eliminates the potential charge of mail fraud. There were three people brought up on charges from the 2020 election. It was other states that caught them. Two voted in Florida. So two people, three people, two people voted Rhode Island and Florida. One person voted Rhode Island and Illinois. It was the other states that caught them, not Rhode Island. But here's what you need to know about the drop boxes. The drop boxes are produced and counted, I should say, counted in real time. Now, hear me out. Traditionally, mail ballots are only counted if the race is not if, if the race is too close to call or it's close. Then they count the mail ballots. Otherwise, those mail ballots aren't even counted. I want to repeat that. A lot of people don't understand that. Most more often than not, mail ballots are only counted in the event it's a close election and they have to go to the mail ballots. However, if you want to, uh, the, the, the beauty of the drop box is that's counted in real time. So what do I mean by that? Let's just look at the calendar. And I, I'm trying to explain this, but so early voting is going to start on August 24th, which is a joke. So on August 25th, someone goes to a drop box and puts in 1,000 ballots. They're counted. Whoever they voted for now has 1,000 votes. So they're going to count leading up to, now on primary day, which is September 13th, when that day rolls around, they're counting all of those early voting drop box votes. So let's just, I'm going to, I'm going to use a bad analogy here. But so in other words, if you vote by the drop box, Prior to September 13th, your vote counts just as much as the person that goes to the polls and votes on Tuesday, September 13th in the primary. So in other words, people say there should be voter ID at the polls. It doesn't. Don't you get it? The game's already over by then. The game is already over by then. They're going to make it. The Rhode Island elections are decided before the polls open on Election Day. And Governor McKee is going to sign this in, into legislation. And there's nothing good about it. Uh, You know, you're going to hear a lot about September, excuse me, January 6th, and it undermines democracy and our democracy is under attack. Our democracy is wildly under attack. Let Rhode Island Vote Act expands voter access. Here's the BS line while ensuring the integrity of the Rhode Island elections. It's, it's all nonsense. It's all a pack of lies because we're an outlier compared to Massachusetts and Connecticut. And, you know, I'll say this. My criticism, that I've been talking about this since for, for quite some time. I've been talking about this before the 2020 election. I learned about this in the summer of 2017. That opened my eyes. In, in, in November of 2018, Gina Raimondo had 60,000 mail ballots. Or whatever you want to call them. Early voting ballots. Whatever. Do I believe they have them all? Yes. <clears throat> so voter ID at the polls means nothing. I knew this was going to be a problem in 2020. I have repeatedly begged, pleaded with, cajoled the Republican Party to do more about it, and they've ignored it. So at this point, we are just all along for the ride. And what I really want to stress to many of you is that doesn't mean in your own local elections it's influence. It begins and ends with Providence. They bury a lot of votes in Providence. There are illegals that, re- that are registered to vote. They're not going to the, ele- the polls on Election Day. They don't need to. They don't need to. I don't know how else to explain that. I want maybe one last analogy before we move on. Think of years ago when tickets went on sale. Remember, there was going to be a big concert. One time, I stood in line at the, Duncan, at the Civic Center. 
to get Tom Petty tickets. I stood in line one time at the Civic Center to get tickets to see Van Halen. I'm trying to think of the, the, I think the Clash, we waited in line. People used to camp out right the night before. Now everything's online. You don't have to do that anymore. So my point is, it's not this, this business of voter ID at the polls. You have to know how they're doing it. No, no one. When's the last time you saw someone camped outside of the Civic Center in Providence because tickets are going to go on sale? Never. They don't do that anymore. It's all online. Voting's all online or it's all early voting. And I get it that where I believe the Rhode Island Republican Party and I like Sue Sienke and I respect Sue and I know everybody there. But I think they have failed to make the case. And I think anyone in elected office, you know, they voted against it. I just, uh, we are headed to Sakachi, Dominic Cajerio, McKee. It was eye-opening when that Mattiello case went on trial. And they all had hired that guy, Winning Ways, Ed Coutinho. They weren't trying to close the loophole. They all decided, let's all just exploit it. Let's just exploit it. Right? It, it, It became, there's no leadership here. Rhode Island became, if you can't beat them, join them. If everybody's going to cheat with the early voting, then we might as well just cheat with the early voting. So, but could someone win? That's why the second district, you only have a small portion of Providence. They bury a lot of votes in Providence. Huge amount. And anyone that tells me, you know, I think Trump won Rhode Island. I tell them, take a ride through Providence. When's the last time you went to Providence? I haven't been to Providence in 10 years. Take a ride. I was there a lot. I didn't see any Trump signs. There's a lot of people voting there, a lot of ballots coming out of there. There's a lot of votes coming out of there. Where we are broken right now is, 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 this is unfortunate, if not tragic, Providence dictates who gets elected statewide. I want to repeat that, and then I'm going to move on. Providence dictates who gets elected statewide. Um, it, whoever dominates Providence wins the statewide election. And there's a lot, of, there's nothing to prevent illegals from voting. Zero. The Board of Elections even said they don't even ask the question. Folks, this portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center, Rhode Island's number one garden center. Stop and see everything available. Annuals, perennials, trees and shrubs, hanging pots, 10-inch, 12-inch moss baskets. This weather is perfect for gardening. Hanging, impatience, large selection, beautiful patio pots, vegetable plants and herbs, tropical mandevillas, hibiscus plants, screen loom, mulch are available, pickup and delivery, mulch, dark piney, black and hemlock, crushed stone, full-scale nursery, everything you need. To make your home a showstopper. Gift certificates are available. They're open seven days a week. Look for them on Facebook. It's PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center. 3688 Quaker Lane in North Kingstown. Stop in and see them. So I am saddened to see that. Uh, I'm going to predict. I think Governor McKee is, um, is. I think he's making a mistake by doing this. Uh, for those. I know we have a lot of new people. But I've been predicting for quite some time that Nelly Gorbea would win. Um, I like that. Thank you, Robert. Hello, John. I bet they have more honest elections in Afghanistan. Uh, I, I, um, I'll just say this. I have been saying for so long that the most important ele- uh, office for the, the um, Republican Party of Rhode Island to run someone was Secretary of State was Secretary of State. And, you know, Ashley Kalis came in and, you know, she's running ads where she's in a boxing ring and all this other stuff. Everybody's a fighter. But what is the point of any of it if we don't have honest elections, if we don't have fair elections? And, and, and I, you know, we don't. The most important office, you look at all the other states, the most important office was Secretary of State. So... I, I don't know what to make of this. Otherwise, but Governor McKee tomorrow, to me, that's what he's saying. He believes that with the mayor of Central Falls, James Diosa, and with Sabina Matos, that they're going to grab more early voting out of Providence 
then Gorbea can. And as I've told you, you know, Gorbea, she, she, she's running for governor, and her former chief of staff is running for mayor of Providence. So I, I think it's interesting right now because, you know, Dan McGowan, who we talked to on Wednesdays of the Boston Globe, he has a piece in the, the Boston Globe this morning. Providence voters deserve more creativity and energy from the candidates for mayor. He writes these lackluster campaigns give rise to an apathetic electorate, sees no difference amongst the candidates. Folks, see, here's the problem. If if everything becomes about, here's, here's what you need to understand. As I've said, there were three people up on television. There were three people up on television right now. Ashley Galis, outsider. Helena Folks, outsider. And that Sarah Morgathaw, outsider running for CD2. Who are the insiders? Um, Governor McKee, Gorbea, Seth Magaziner. How come they're not on TV? Because they know it's all about a street game now. It's all about grabbing votes. Folks, if you had, just hear me out. <coughs> I am going to talk about the Charlotte Lester case, but hear me out. If you had a choice, early voting is like, cash in advance. Why take the chance? Someone says they're going to vote for you, right? You're going, let's just say you're a candidate. You go to someone's door. It happened, listen, it happened to me last night. Someone said, I'll be a guest on the show. Then they pulled a no show. If you're running for office, do you think you want to take the chance on that? The answer is no. If you're a candidate and you're at their door and they're saying, yes, you're going to go to the polls on election day. Yeah, absolutely. I think you can count on me. Election day, it's raining. I didn't, I, I didn't get around to it. Why take the chance? Just have them fill this out. Then you got them. Better yet, if you register them to vote and you have their information, yeah, maybe fill it out for them. Ends justify the means. That's how they operate. But the reason why, now, Dan, Dan McGowan talks about, boy, it lackluster campaign. No one's out there campaign. Well, why should they? See, the campaigns are no longer the battle of ideas. The campaigns are no longer, and I saw Helena Folks ad, I think, in the Celtic game the other night. I've seen an Ashley Kalis ad. I, I have not seen a Saren Morgenthal ad, but I don't think I have. But it, it's no longer connecting and hoping people are going to go. It's the guarantee. How do we guarantee that someone is going to vote on election day? The great scene in the movie Casino. What does the old boss in Casino say? Why take the chance? (laughs) Maybe he'll say something. Maybe he won't. Why take the chance? Right? Maybe they'll vote. Maybe they won't. This person right here. How many people listening right now? You had a party. Someone, absolutely, I'm coming. You're going to come? Yes. Then they pull a no-show. People pull no-shows at weddings. People can't imagine that. What? Yes. There are people like who knows what happens. There are people. I've talked to people. I invited 100 people. 100 people said, I'm, I'm coming. The day of, five people did, just didn't show up. What do you think? It's That's at a wedding. What do you think it's like on election day? No, 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 no. It's um, the reason why the campaigns are not creative, because it's not a matter of the battle of ideas anymore. It's about getting out, pulling votes. And I feel bad. Someone's standing on a corner, registered to vote. That's not how you do it. In Providence, they go right up to them with a translator or they're bilingual. Yeah, let's fill this out for you. I have a $20 gift card. You fill this out. Here's your $20 gift card. Uh, my signature, no so good. That's okay, just put an X. When did you get here? I just got here a month ago. Okay, what's your name? Hector Gomez, all right. Where do you live? Uh, Mint and okay, Mint, there you go. Just put your X, thank you. Guess what, you're now registered to vote. They hand it in. They're now on the voter rolls. <clears throat> and guess what, election day? Hector Gomez voted early. His name's on the voter roll, here's his ballot. Oh, let's check the signature. Oh, it's an X. 
All right, I'm going to talk about Charlotte Lester in just a moment. Folks, I want to remind you, though, new sponsor of the program, AtMed Urgent Care. How many people have said, I can't stand going to the emergency room? I waited nine hours at the emergency room, right? I waited 10, not with AtMed Urgent Care. Most waits under an hour, 90 minutes, two locations, 1524 Atwood Avenue, Johnston, Suite 122, or 5750 Post Road, East Greenwich, urgent care facility, providing comprehensive outpatient health care. Individuals, families, they specialize in ambulatory medicine. There's one near you. Cost-efficient health care alternative to hospital-based emergency. Now, I also want to mention, and I want to thank John the Roofer, they offer, this is big, mononuclear Money, mononuclear antibody infusions. That's right. Mononuclear antibody infusions. For those, if you're suffering from COVID, and I've heard from many people that have gone to them, and they feel better within 12 hours. They have walk-in routine urgent care, minor surgical, orthopedic and trauma, work-related injuries, physical exams, drug testing, full laboratory services, this is where I go. I'm not the emergency room, eight-hour wait. Try going to the Rhode Island Hospital emergency room. No one speaks English. People are coughing around you. The whole, you don't have that. At Med Urgent Care. AT Med. At Med Urgent Care. Johnson, 1524 Atwood Avenue, Suite 122 in East Greenwich, 5750 Post Road East Greenwich. That's where I went when um uh, one of the protesters lasered one of my eyes. Stop in and see them. Folks, this portion of the program, and again, we post a lot of updates on our website, beachroad.com, is brought by the Coesed Inn. 226 Coesed Avenue, West Warwick. I'm asking you, you want a good meal, lunch, dinner, drinks in the lounge? Meet me at the Coesed Inn. 226 Coesed Avenue, West Warwick. And there's a nice link on the website at petro.com. Now, the latest on the Charlotte Lester case. Now, folks, we have been covering this extensively, and I appreciate that. And again, good afternoon to everybody tuning in on uh, Facebook Live. You can send stars. You can support the program. <clears throat> we now do Facebook Live on a regular basis. Now, when there's breaking news, Juan goes there, right? But on a regular basis now, Monday through Thursday, between 7 o'clock and 8 o'clock. You can always find we're live. So the noon report, noon to 1, then at night. And then if there's breaking news, if something happens. You know, last week, I was out at the shooting. Saturday night, we had heard that there was um, going to be a gang fight in Providence. Uh, something dramatic happening. We in, we were in Warwick the other day for the shooting. Uh, we were in Cranston not long ago for an incident with an ATV. When there's breaking news there, but regular Monday through Thursday, if you click the like button, you can get notified. Where do things stand on the Charlotte Lester case? I All right, here's, here's where we are. It's a missing persons case. It remains a missing persons case. That's exactly what it is. Uh, no one has been charged in this. No one has been charged in the disappearance of Charlotte Lester. Now, there's been a lot of things floating around. Uh, I have interviewed individuals that know both the owner of the house and the missing woman, Charlotte Lester. She is, I want to go back to the very basics that we first learned. Because people are definitely interested in the case. It's unusual. People don't just go missing, right? They don't go missing out of nowhere. But a couple of different things. Um, hold on one moment. I have this. The original <clears throat> information that we have regarding the case, um, it was first put out by the... Warwick Police, <clears throat> I shared it. It was on their Facebook page, and they shared that. I reshared the initial post that that they put out. Um, there's a lot of information in the different videos that we have done. A lot of information there, but just I I come back to, uh, you know, that first original post that the Warwick Police Department, which was missing person, and they posted that on May 20th. Yep, that was the Friday. 
So the Friday, the Warwick Police Department requesting assistance, locating a missing female, Charlotte Lester, 44 years old, 5'7", had not been seen the last couple of days. So that was that Friday. She was last seen, uh, you know, driving the uh, Tacoma, the dog, may have been seen in the area right in there in Appenog. So last seen, then you go to the, there was a poster put up that talked about last seen, let me just go to the um, exact poster. And then there was the follow-up from the Warwick Police requesting the public's assistance ongoing missing person case last seen Monday, May 16th, approximately 10 o'clock in the Appenog section of Warwick. In relation to the investigation, the Warwick Police Department did execute a court-authorized search warrant at 29 Staples Avenue in Warwick. This is an address Charlotte Lester was known to frequent. At this time, no further information is available for release. And now it is it. They did locate the truck at uh, Kent Hospital. And then they did locate the dog. They did locate, the dog was located. Um, let's see. Failed, let's see, she was reported missing Thursday, May 19th, failed to contact friends. Her dog was located abandoned in the Elmwood Avenue area of the city on Wednesday night. We learned it was that Belmont Park. And then her, her uh, the red Tacoma, the pickup truck was found at Ken Hospital. So has anyone been charged in her disappearance? No. I want to just bring this back because there's a lot of different theories and people are coming up with different things. The police have been at that home since Friday, May 20th. She was last seen on let's what are the facts of the case? Last seen around 10 o'clock, May 16th, 10 o'clock. She told an acquaintance she was heading up to Staples Avenue. Her dog was found the 18th, the Wednesday. 16th is a Monday. 20th, 19th, a Thursday, her friends uh, reported her missing. The 20th, I am told police showed up in a court-authorized search of the property on Staples Avenue. The police tape has remained around that house. It really hit the news the Saturday when neighbors were saying that the police were outside the house. And the, the house is still have the police tape around it. Now, I want to just come back to something. <clears throat> For the police to get that, notice it's a court-authorized search warrant. So the police had to present some evidence to a judge to get a court-authorized search warrant. As I've told you, it's my understanding her blood was found in the home. And more than just a scrape. We don't know the extent of it. We don't know where it was found. But today is Tuesday, June 7th. So the police have been there. This is uh, going on week three. The police remain outside the home. Now, so you want to send her back to this. There's different theories. There's definitely a circle of individuals. The police... And also, there is a private investigator on the case. I do have the number for that. The number of the PI, Stan, is on the flyer. You can either contact the work police, any information, 401-468-4200. Or, if you want to be anonymous, the PI, 617-512-1008. I have posted this. I could post it again. But what I want to um, just, you know, I want to circle back. I know there's talk of um, people want to get a boat for a search. I, I don't want to discourage anyone from anything. But you have to understand, the work police are investigating. The work police are definitely on the case. It's my understanding that the, the work police, they don't want to tip their hand of what they have or don't have. Uh, it's my understanding that they are going through quite a bit of video they've been able to obtain. Different parts. People never know where a video camera could pick up a vehicle, what have you. But I want to, all these different theories that are out there, 
I believe two, uh, there's some just some really significant things. It comes back to, you know, where are the police right now? There are other individuals that knew Charlotte Lester, and the police don't have their home sectioned off. That's number one. <clears throat> you got to come back to where she was last seen or headed, I should say, and that house is still cornered off. Now, it's very possible in the next couple of days the police tape could be removed, and then we might know. Okay, I mean, listen, police obtain sometimes search warrants, and that doesn't mean that the person is guilty of anything. Many times they could do that in order to, um, they want to check someone off that they're, they're no longer a suspect. So, you know, that's, that's also part of it. I also want, um, I want to remind people, sometimes when there's a missing child, what the police, the first thing the police want to do is they want to clear the parents as suspects. Therefore, the police interview extensively the parents. So once the police say, okay, well, it's definitely not the parents, it's not the home, then they can move outside of that. Um, <clears throat> the same could be said for this. This was the last known address. <clears throat> I admit it's a little, it's definitely interesting. Police remain there. So I think that's interesting. And I think the police, the dog found off Elmwood Avenue near the park. I think that's interesting. And the dog was found not far half mile, quarter mile, half mile from family of the person that owns the home. But as far as people that want to get a boat, do diving, I, I think that's I think that's very ambitious. Um, those types of things can be difficult even when you have a general sense of where an individual may be. Um, I, I have not heard anything like that. I also want to say, now, if the police were doing a search, if the police suddenly had, they have a boat, they have, you know, they have divers. If the police were doing that, if the Coast Guard was involved, if the state the state police, we've seen they've used the state police canine. If they were doing that, that could lead more credence to a water search. But... Anyone that saw the video of the search from Sunday, you know, that, that's a lot of water by the Patuxent River. Now, I did post, if there's someone familiar with the Patuxent River, is it's, it's possible there's some connection around that Belmont Park area. It's very woodsy. I, I don't know. I don't know. Now, also, it's also interesting. Think of May 16th, 17th, and then think of now. Like, things have really come into bloom more. So the brush that is heavy now might not have been heavy at the time. But I don't know that area if there's a common spot where someone could pull a truck up, where someone, I don't, I have no idea if people fish there, if there's a kayak launch, if there's a canoe launch. Someone that knows that area, the Patuxent River, it's very dense. Um, <clears throat> I, um, I, and I, I don't want to get too far off because... We don't know that. And, and as far as, hey, Appenog, there's a lot of water around there. There's a marina right down, right down from where Staples Avenue is. There's a full marina right there. There were people searching Memorial Day weekend. There's the cove right there. Um, kind of a swamp, Mary's, Mary's Creek. There's a lot of water. <clears throat> there's a lot of water. And I don't want to get, you know, I don't want to be insensitive and I don't want to be graphic, but I, I've just I've seen at some point this summer, right? Today is Tuesday. It's June seventh. At some point between now and Labor Day, we're going to hear of someone that tipped over in a kayak, someone that tipped over in a canoe, someone that was on a jet ski and it capsized and they didn't come up, someone that's at a party in a freshwater lake and they can't swim. And they're in an inner tube or a float, and they go to catch a frisbee or football, and they fall in the water. And I've covered some of those stories. It's very extensive. It's not easy. It's not easy to locate someone underwater. Um, I want to be very, very sensitive and careful here. I know someone is saying, yeah, but Juan, you know, people, 
after a period of time, they float. I, I don't know. Then how come sometimes it's really tough, difficult to find people in a lake or a pond or a swamp? Or if someone had something weighing them down? Hate to think that way. Okay, you're right. What if someone was wrapped in a blanket and had a rock? I, I, don't, I don't know. Water's tough. And there's a lot of water with this case. And there's no guarantee. So we're going to follow it. I still think there's a lot of different turns to it. Um, I, I, I don't think I have to mention, folks, anyone I'm interviewing, I'm interviewing in the course of I'm meeting them through the case. I don't know any of these individuals. I also should know. I, I, don't, I don't know the Lester family. I mean, I, I think Mark and I know some of the same people, her brother. But I don't know if I've ever met him. Really nice guy. Uh, several of the people at the family. I, I don't I don't think I've ever met Charlotte. I don't I didn't know her. I didn't know any of these these people that we've been interviewing. So my interest in this case is purely there's a missing person. Right. If I said to you, all right, how many people are missing from Cranston right now? How many 44 year old women are missing? Just vanished, disappeared in Cranston right now. The answer is zero. How many missing people are there from North Kingstown? I, I think, the, again, the answer is zero. How many individuals are missing from Lincoln or Smithfield right now? Again, same answer. How many people are missing from Warwick right now? One. Charlotte Lester. Folks, this portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by Jay's Broadway Appliance and TV. 47 Cedar Swamp Road, that's Route 5 in Smithfield. Now listen, it's going to be a hot summer, we know that. So why not get yourself a nice air conditioner? Jay's Broadway Appliance. They have appliances, grills, air conditioners, uh, TVs, great selection, Weber grills. I love grilling out this time of year. Nice display with air conditioners, windows, built-in walls for senior apartments or condos, washers, dryers. Stop in. You deal directly with the owner. And it's so easy. You just walk right into the front door. It's Jay's Broadway Appliance and TV. They'll match or beat any package deal Stop in Monday through Friday, 10 to 5, Saturday, just to make an appointment with them. Say, I'd like to look at some of these things this Saturday at 11, and they'll do it. And you can also look for them on Facebook. Jay's Broadway Appliance and TV, 47 Cedar Swamp Road in Smithfield. Well, folks, it's 12.59. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to break for the 1 o'clock news. I have a huge update about the border uh, coming up next hour. More on some of these local stories. Next hour is radio only, so you can listen AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can also listen online at the website, dipetro.com. So it's John DePetro on this Tuesday. The Power Hour is next. I will be doing Facebook Live later on tonight, but uh, we're going to break, get a news update in the 1 o'clock news. Much more ahead on this Tuesday. We'll be back on the other side after the 1 o'clock news.